The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to our podcast, our live stream devotional, and welcome to this Wednesday morning edition. I want to take this time to thank you for coming. Thank you for, for joining us online and just giving us an opportunity to teach the Word of God, hopefully be a level of encouragement. Um, and I want to just take a few minutes and invite you to our evening service, or our midweek service tonight, our Bible study. Um, our, it's very different than our morning services. The, uh, the adult Bible, the, the adult portion of the service all meets in the auditorium in our sanctuary. And in there we have a uh, discussion. We, I, we teach, but it's very discussional. So we look for questions, give people a chance to ask questions and answer questions. Or you can just sit and watch the entire time and just take in what's going on. So that'll be, uh, tonight starts at 7. The teenagers will have the start in the gym and they have their own youth group program. And then the kids have their own time as well, nursery available. So there's a bunch of things that are available to the entire family. Tonight you can come from, for just about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, come, get away from everything, spend some time with other Christians, learn from God's word and be encouraged as a family on the individual levels. And so we invite you, it starts at seven o'clock, Tonight, um, if for some reason you're unable to make it, but you'd like to participate or at least watch the Bible study portion of it, we do view, we do live stream just the Bible study section, uh, starting at seven. And uh, so last week we had some technical issues, and so we're unable to do it. But we've resolved those, and we should be able to live stream tonight, Lord willing. So if you can't make it, we'd love to have you if you can. But if you can't, join us online. Our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or our website, bensalembaptist.org. Today we're going to continue in our study of Colossians. We're in Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to pick up just two verses, two verses that probably um, would be considered, I want to say, the most popular verses in the book of Colossians. Some, some theologians, would, if we would say this is the theme, these two verses are the theme of the book of Colossians. And let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, every once, every book, uh, you would you'd look at a book and you'd say, there's one thought, there's one predominant thought that the author, obviously the author's God through the human writer, but the human author, Paul, uh, through the inspiration of God, was trying to get across. He was trying to establish. And to the letter we mentioned, to the letter of Colossians, to this church of Colossae, uh, you have this false doctrine making its way into the church. And so as this false doctrine is coming in, and more than likely what it's doing is it's placing Jesus. It's not eliminating Jesus in the church. What it's doing is it's downgrading him. He's no longer the corner, the headstone, the prominence in the church. Uh, he is just, you know, many people do this today. He's just an extra. He's a good prophet. He's this. It's limiting the deity of God in this situation. So when we see this, we see this circumstance um, what, what happened was Paul was writing to this church to help them to understand. Instead of taking time to debate the falseness of a false religion, uh, what he did wisely was he just wrote the truth. And he says, listen, uh, take the truth that I'm giving you in this letter and compare everything to it. Anything that doesn't match this truth, get rid of. And it's a very, very, very wise way of looking at how we deal with anything. So, um, and what, what he did is really the whole chapter, the book, it gets into a lot of depth, but it kind of wraps us off around the idea of what we're going to see in verses 18 and 19. Really reestablishing the understanding of who Jesus is, his position in the church. Now, we just got done talking about his position in creation and why that's so important. It gives his prominence over the, all of creation. It gives his prominence over us. We are his created beings, no matter what science or anybody else says. We are his created beings. We are his. 
Uh, he's given us a choice whether we want to accept him or not, but we are his. And no one in the world can tell you separately. No amount of intelligent science can eliminate that. They try to, uh, but it's foolishness. So there's two verses we'll look at today, and we'll see how uh, it applies to church and to our lives. Verse 18, Colossians 1, verse 18, the Bible says this, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So he gives some spot talk, uh, some specifics about Jesus in the aspect of the church. Again, he's writing to the church, and so he's trying to establish the foundation and doctrine of the church. And so he does this by explaining he is the head. So he says, first of all, he's the head of the body. The first question you have to ask is, what does he mean by the body? Well, we've mentioned many times that the church itself is not just a meeting place. Our church meets at a, you know, right here off Richley Road in Ben Salem. We get a nice property. Uh, we meet several times a week. Um, you know, we've got staff. We have this. That's not the church. That is the meeting place of the church. That is the location. That, that can be moved, and we'd still have church. The church is the body. Uh, and what I mean by the body is each individual, we all are, Romans 1 and 12, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 talk about spiritual gifts and how we work and we work as a body. That is the picture. And so each and every one of us are going to have different responsibilities in this church to honor God and to expand the kingdom. And each and every one of us are going to have different gifts. And so he says in one of the passages, it's like if the hand looked at the eye and said, I'm not the eye, I don't like this. It's silly. But you understand what I'm saying is every part of our body has an important part to make it work. Every part of the church does. So the church, all of us individuals make up this church body as many times it be used. And he uses that term so we can go back and say this, that Jesus is the head of that body or the head of the church. Now, this is important because we have to understand several things. And some of this I'm going to start with when we talk about authority in the church. Um, there, a lot of it gets debate. Is the board the one that runs the church? Is the pastor the one that runs the church? Does the pastor, is he under anybody? Is he complete authority? Um, I do believe that the pastor, the Bible talks about the fact that he is an elder. He's the bishop. He's the shepherd. Um, so, I mean, he's the leader of the church. He's the protector of the church. He's the administrator of the church. All those things, things happen. But I will tell you, I do not believe that he is the ultimate authority. I, I, I guess the best way I've heard it described, a pastor is like this. You go to a restaurant and a waiter or waitress gives your food. They are not responsible for who made that food. They're usually the ones yelled at for it, but not responsible for it. Um, the cook is. They bring the food from the cook to you. That's, that's what we are. We bring the word of God to you. Now, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews, Obey them and have the rule over you, for they watch in your souls. And he's talking about the pastor. But please understand, obedience is not, you got to do whatever the pastor says. That's just not biblical. I believe the pastor uh, should be as uh, great much as a servant as he is a leader in the church. I believe that he should be accountable to other people. I believe he should be training other people to take forms of leadership in the church. Any, any church that has the pastor so high that he's not accountable to anybody, that he's above reproach and above question, and that he can just ignore the, the, the wishes of the board or the wishes of the church, um, he has allowed himself to get way too much authority. It's not how God designed it. The God designed the body. The pastor has a very specific leadership role in that body, but the head of it's the church. Now, the head of it's God. Here's what should happen. My responsibility should be to meet with God. It's one of my primary responsibilities. In Acts 6, when things, the physical problems in the church begin to ministry problems, begin to expand. 
He said, go out and get seven what ended up being deacons and let them minister to the people. Let them do that so that we can keep ourselves to the word of God and to prayer. That is my number one responsibility. My number one responsibility is to be in prayer for you, for the church, uh, for God, in the Word of God, studying. Um, then we can counsel, we can encourage, we can teach. That is my that's spiritual responsibility. So my job is to train other people, equip them, and give them the opportunity to embrace and take ownership and leadership in the other parts of the ministry to make it most effective. You, the church. So that's my job. And then the church comes alongside and comes alongside with the vision. Now, God gives the vision to the pastor and moves on. Please understand, it should be God's vision, not the pastor's vision. And if it doesn't work, we move on. And, and, and it's a battle, you know, as we begin to pray about where God would have us to go. Now, obviously, some of it's simple. We need to reach people and love people and reach out to our community. Those, those are simple things we need to do. And so, but I guess we look at that, number one, the authority is not necessarily just the pastor. He, you should never have a pastor where he has, he's unfettered. He has no, no accountability or things of that nature. And if, um, now I told people, if they had a question, something I decide to do or something in, in my preaching, I'm perfectly fine to listen as long as their argument is biblical and not just preferential because we're all going to have differences there. But the ultimate, and, and by the way, the ultimate authority is also not the board. It's also not just the congregation. We work together on this. The ultimate authority is God. And let me tell you something I think it's important. If we could get our eyes focused on God, focused on Christ, he, Christ, he's the head of the body. And if we can keep our eyes focused on him and not on my opinion or my preference or how I want things to be, this is from me, the pastor, down to the churchman, down to everybody in the church. If we can keep our eyes on Jesus and obeying his commission and following his love for people, we are going to be less concerned with how things are the way we want them to be. That's what really needs to happen. The focus needs to be that the, my job, I'm looking to Jesus. I point the church to Jesus. The church points the world to Jesus. That's really the most simplistic way it needs to be. We can't do that if we're focused on how we think needs to be or what we wish to happen or things of that nature. We're all going to have opinions and preferences, but the ultimate thing is that we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. So again, I think it's the best way. I didn't even write this down before, but really, I think it's a phenomenal truth. Every once in a while, I get something that works just off the top of my head, actually, of the Lord, I guess. Um, my job is to point the church to Jesus. The church's job is to point the world to Jesus, right? My job is to spend time with Jesus, point the church to Jesus, and the church points the world to Jesus. That's what we do. We all, that's what we're supposed to do because he is supposed to be the preeminent. And I believe with all my heart that if we are looking to Jesus, loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus, all the little things that Satan can use to, to limit hurt churches will dissipate because we're looking. Now, we're still going to have people who aren't looking to Jesus and they become carnal and they cause grief, but that shouldn't stop us. That should just keep us more driven to looking to Jesus. The goal is that individually, families in the church, our eyes are on Jesus. And if we do that, there's no limit to what God can do in our lives and our families and our church and ultimately in our community. Well, I hope that that encourages you. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Whatever it is going on right now, good, bad, or ugly, keep, it, keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust him to see what it is he can do. And right now it's a season, but in the next season we'll see what God's going to do. Again, thanks for joining us. Can we invite you to join us again tonight? If you can, if you can make it in person, we start at 7. Love to have you. If you can't, online, 7 o'clock. We greatly appreciate any opportunity uh, to be an encouragement to you through the Word of God. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.